Hello, and welcome to episode 208 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, weird and oddball ways of making money online. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler in the studio, CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. How's it going? And I'm Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetic. All right, so this conversation started because uh, I had a conversation with someone at my workplace about a, an SEO tactic called, rent. Uh, what's it called? Rank and Rent. Rank and Rent. So Rank and Rent is this SEO tactic. Uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit more detail about it throughout the show, but to give you kind of a little preview as to how we came up with this topic idea, I was tell, I was asking them, hey, have you guys heard of this tactic called rank and rent? And they're like, no, what's that? And it's basically you you build a website that you as an SEO own, and then you, so like on a local scale, and I'll give you the the specific example, my coworker, the example he used was uh, someone he knows was an SEO, and he approached a company that did kind of like auto repaired for diesel engines or something like that. It was super local. And he said, Hey, you know, I've got this idea that could probably turn your business around. Let me give it a try. And the SEO built himself a website that he basically optimized for the keywords for this business, got it ranking for those keywords, and then kind of rented his website to the company it basically became a lead gen site, right? So he put their phone number on it. So any leads that were generated and became customers of the shop that came directly from this website, he would get paid on. And one of the benefits there is, you know, if this partnership ever dissolved, he still, he owned the website, he owned the domain and he could just go to a competitor and and kind of pitch him the same idea and become a lead generating tool for, for someone else. So I thought, wow, that's kind of an interesting approach to SEO and making money online. There are probably other things that we could talk about that were kind of oddball ways of making money online. So I'm actually going to pass this over to Brandon. He's the one who kind of pitched it as a topic idea. Let's hear what you got, Brandon. Well, first, I actually want to dig in a little bit more to the rank and rent because uh, Jacob was the one that brought up rank and rent. I had never heard the term. At least I don't think I have. I've done a little bit of research into what it was. Most of my information is just from Jacob. My one question, I guess, just to make sure I understand, I guess the conflict that is coming up in my head is, let's say I start a uh, truck driving website. I don't know. And I'm targeting, my, my goal is to sell space to truck driving companies. Wouldn't there be like an SEO issue if I get this page ranking number two for hire a truck driver or I don't know, deliver your items, whatever. And then a company signs on and says, we want to be that page. Once I change the content, aren't I losing that? Like, isn't my SEO essentially starting over for that page? Or am I looking at it wrong? No, I think I think that you'll you'll definitely have that. But imagine you're ranking for all the necessary keywords. And so wait, hang on just a sec. I actually have a follow-up question because I think I missed a, an important part of your question. Are you saying that you build a website and then you change... The industry you're targeting, not the industry. No, the I company. get that you have so like, it's the it's a com- like, like company like truckdriver.com. Yeah. yeah. So company A, who you were working with, decides you know this isn't worth it to me anymore, or I don't want to keep paying you, or you basically have a fight and they say screw you, and you you want to find a competitor, and then you change the content. 
I think for the, so yes, there is the effect on changing the content, right? But I think it's pretty minimal depending on how well you do it because they're going to be targeting the same keywords, which is what the site is optimized for. Uh, and on the site that this guy was specifically using, uh, he, in the content, like the text itself, he wasn't necessarily calling out the company. It was all in the images. So the images had their branding, which, you know, last episode we talked about how image images can affect it. And I think you'd probably drop in rankings depending on, you know, your search competition or whatever, but it would take you far less time and effort to get you ranking again, uh, in the top, uh, when you compare it to starting literally from scratch. So I guess a better example would be, I own market campus. You start a website called marketingeducation.com. You have a page that ranks for digital marketing courses and I want those leads. Uh, so you would essentially keep the same content talking about the value of digital marketing education, but you would simply link at the bottom or throughout the content back to market campus. Is that right? And if someone else wanted to bid me out or something like that, or I drop you as a client, you just switch the links to a different course. The main content still ranks. Is that what you're saying? So in that example, yes. But in the example that I used for kind of the diesel company, they, it, it wasn't a lead generation tool in that it linked to the, the actual company's website. Cause in this case, I actually don't think they had a website. The leads mm-hmm. came in through the phone number. Uh, so okay. they plastered the company's phone number all over so that someone who was on the website actually thought that that website belonged to the company because their phone number was on there, their hours of operation. So all right. the leads came directly from the website. They weren't d- redirected to the company's website. They stayed on the website the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this will not work for every industry. It won't work for every keyword. It won't work for every, I mean, it's, it really, you really, I think in order for it to really be effective for you, I think you have to find the right company and the right location. And so uh, in li- some ways I think it'll work well. I think we should point out some of the ways it won't work. Um, one is if the industry that you're targeting operates on a local uh, basis and they get their benefit from local rankings, if you make any alteration to your name, address, and phone number on the site, you're going to not just temporarily lose rankings, but you'll probably tank in pretty severely. So to if you're going to do it for local-based businesses, it's going to be something you're going to lock yourself into. Uh, so the ability to just kind of hold it at ransom is going to be more difficult. Uh, so provided that you're not in one of those industries that operates on a local level, the other areas that you're getting into that makes it difficult is if you look at more nationally targeted businesses that have enterprises and, and they serve they service the the whole world or the country, typically you're not going to beat them in rankings uh, because the kind of content they have will almost always just trump your content. And so it's gonna you're gonna have to do a lot of digging to find that one industry where all the competitors for some reason have crappy content and yet they serve a global audience and would benefit. Another thing that you have to do for lead gen, basically, like lead gen basics, is you want to target high price items so that you can get a bigger cut of that lead. So the niche you're looking for is high high price item. All the competitors, nobody has any good content, and they're not doing SEO, and they don't rely on local SEO, which is kind of a small target to hit. Well. Yeah, it is small. I, I'm not sure it's as small as you are making it out to be. I think that, I, I don't know. I, when I 
am talking about this, I'm talking about this from my own like expertise. Like I'm saying, if I were to do this, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot easier than maybe you're, you're saying, those of you who are listening, it's probably not as beneficial for you because you are kind of just average Joe. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe I'm saying that, I guess. Uh, it's just hard to say, you know, many, many industries have at least someone that is doing great marketing. And if that's the case, it's going to be really difficult to beat them. And you really, to have, to hold the weight and the clout that you need, you need to be number one. And going back to the reason why you need that clout is because just having the site isn't good enough. You first need to get the site, get it ranking, and then you need to spend what ends up being usually a lot of time courting potential buyers for that site. And many people just don't even want to listen to you, especially if if you're in an industry where people already aren't investing in digital marketing or already aren't investing in their own website, getting their time and attention to say, hey, I'm generating a bunch of stuff using online tactics, come buy from me. Gonna, I, I, I think it's actually done in the opposite way where you partner with the company prior to ever starting, saying well, something like, hey, I, I'm planning on generating leads for you. If I do, can I get a percentage of the leads sure. that I drive? I mean, in the case, in your example, yeah. But people that I've talked to that have done it, they go the other way. They create something first and then start courting around. But yeah, you could do either way. So yeah, you could. You definitely could. It would be harder and more risky if you spend the six months ranking this website for these and keywords no and, then no, and then no one yeah, no one wants, wants in on that. But uh, I guess the last thing I'll say, unless you guys keep coming at me, <laughs> is you're not, it's, I don't think you look at the industry. I mean, the industry is definitely a factor. But I think the most important thing is local, right? Because if if it's a local, like a lawn, a landscaping business that only does business in Salt Lake City, then you're only competing against other SEOs in Salt Lake City. You're not competing against other lawn care folks who are doing SEO in Denver or New York. Mm -hmm. So as far as size or industry, you're not just like going after lawn care and you're like, well, there are really great people in lawn care, uh, which I think makes it a little bit more easy. Well, I mean, that, that, again, if you're doing local and you change anything about the name, address, or the phone number, yeah, you're going to get screwed. I, I would hope that that is something that's very rare, that if, that it's, would change. if it's successful, no one's going to shut that off, you sure, know? Sure, And if they if they end up doing, or if they do end up turning it off or, you know, giving you the finger and, and leaving, even making those changes would be worth it if you could get in touch and make a deal with with a competitor. Yeah. I mean, it, if it we're might talking take a few about, months, but if we're talking about like side project income, then yeah, I mean, it's not going to be that big of a deal. If you're looking for replacement income, basically living off of this, then when you're working with those small businesses, a lot of them go out of business. I'd say frequently enough to make it a problem. If you're relying on that business to be around for a while, but I guess, I don't know. Unless who, you become, unless you become their hero and they're about yeah, to go out of business. Save their business. Yeah. Okay, so that's one way. That's one way. Yeah, to, I actually to make bought, money online. I often have I have the bad habit of doing domain hunting, and I ended up buying Utah Cleaners and UtahCleaner.com with the idea that I was going to create this website that would just rank like crazy for anything related to cleaning, and then I would just sell those leads to carpet cleaners, upholstery cleaners. When did you, you know. buy those domains? <laughs> Two years ago. And you haven't done anything with no, them? No, I still own them, though. So you've spent, what, $44 or something for uh, the two for two years? Maybe. 
That's not bad. Unless you just keep owning them and never do anything with them. So if you're interested in buying utahcleaners.com, hit me up. $60. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's ranking rent. Did you have any others, Brennan? Well, I mean, so it's an interesting concept. Uh, I see the pressure being just the whole making sure you come to me, I'm ranking number three, and you're paying me money. If my rankings go down, that's a lot of stress stress and pressure on me. To do that, I, I almost see like the better and easier route, assuming you're, you're confident in your SEO skills, is just setting up more of a lead gen site similar to like a, a drugrehab.org where they aren't their own rehab, but they just simply they rank for all of the different cities and states. People call into that one phone number and then they transfer them to the clinic and make money off that way. But obviously, it requires it's not necessarily quick and Quick and dirty way. How does the handoff go between people who are calling in and drug rehab to the rehab they send them to? Like getting the money? That's where I'm curious about. Handoff like on the consumer side? Sure. I mean, sure, money, but also branding. Like if I call a number looking for drug rehab and I call drugrehab.org, I might have the expectation that I'm going to go to a rehab that's owned and operated by drugrehab.org. So how do they handle? I think they just explain that... They partner with all these. So it's like, oh, you're in Atlanta. We have these ones. It seems uh, yeah. We recommend this to you. So we're going to go ahead and transfer you like right to them. Seems like the only way to get away with that is to verify and say like, hey, we're an authority in what makes a good drug rehab versus a bad one. So you come to us and then they get our stamp of approval. Then that, you know, I can see that making sense. Otherwise, they're just basically a directory. So, Brandon, you seem to know a lot about drug rehab. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's actually a really popular industry here in Utah. Yeah. The Olsen twins came here for drug rehab. That no, sorry. One of them did. Yeah. Right. The skinny one. <laughs> so the I was skinny looking, blonde one. <laughs> so I was thinking of some other ways to make money outside of uh, that. One of them, I don't know if this is like an actual method. I haven't tried it, but I have... A lot of answers on Quora that have a lot of upvotes, and I could almost see like selling your space on Quora. Like if you have a if you have an answer to a question that ranks well, you could contact companies and say, "Hey, uh, I've got this question that answers this uh, question within your industry. I could change my answer to link to you." Uh, companies could pay. I, I could see the argument being, "Well, I could just do an answer on that page as well." Uh, and then I guess the only thing you could say is, well, mine has a lot of upvotes and I'm at the top. You'll be at the bottom. But uh, that's one way. And then, um, man. Th- yeah, I feel like at that point, you just got to do standard. I'll get you leads. I'll worry about how I get them. And you just pay for the leads. Instead of getting all technical, like I'm ranking number one in this answer on this specific, specific question in Quora. And I'm going to sell you that ranking spot. You know, like it'd be better just to be like, how much do you want per lead? And I'll just get you some leads. Yeah. Are you, are you okay, Pax? I feel like you're kind of morose, like a little monotone in this episode. What? Why? <laughs> On like, <laughs> like your animation level is, is, is coming down or something. We, we changed our mic setup hey. and now I can hear my voice and it sounds better than it did before. And I think I'm a little uh, taken with myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so do you guys want to call somebody? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I really liked calling someone in our last episode. And I want to do it again. Okay. Who should we call? Let's call John. John John Hammond. John Hammond. Let's give him a call. 
So as an introduction to this new segment, we don't tell people we're calling prior to calling. And uh, so I'm going to try to get John on the line. Hello? Johnny boy. How are you, Jacob? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, so um, we are in the middle of recording an episode for the podcast. Okay. And you're on the show. <laughs> Welcome. So yeah, I've got I've got I've got Brandon here and Paxton. What's up? How are you guys? Good man. Anyway, we we started this new thing where we just like randomly call people. <laughs> well, fun. So I want to tell you our topic and put you on the spot and see if you can uh, contribute. Okay, sounds good. I'm up for the challenge. All right. So the topic is. Weird and oddball ways of making money online. What experiences do you have? Weird and oddball ways to make money online. Yep. You ever okay. made mo- you ever made money online in a way that's uh, kind of unconventional? Um, I've made free food online. Free food. Simply tell me about it. Simply making reviews about restaurants. I was able to get free food. So in a way that is monetary value oh for sure are you kidding so, so all you did was leave a review yeah why don't you tell yeah. us tell us tell us what that means what'd you do for real um so i decided that there wasn't a lot of good reviews for local restaurants i live in provo utah so i just started going to these restaurants and uh, initially i started doing it on yelp but i was like oh, i could do more than that and so I started just like writing little posts on my Facebook wall, and then um, I actually took Brandon Hassler's course, Market Campus, and you know he was like, "Apply the skills you're learning." So I built a little food blog and uh, started making little videos about restaurants. And when I was going there, kind of like a blog, and it just kind of got more popular and more popular, especially our Instagram account. So much so that restaurants started approaching us and asking us to uh, come make a video and eat their food and then share it. And so we'd get free meals all the time. What's the name of your blog? Yeah, plug away, man. Um, ProvoRestaurantReview.com. ProvoRestaurantReview.com. Also, you said that you went to Market Campus. I did. Did you have a pretty good instructor? <laughs> you know, he was fantastic. <laughs> Yeehaw! You don't have to lie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, I've already got the reviews. He was unbeatable, unmatchable by none. What's your Instagram account? The Instagram account is just Provo Restaurant Review. Nice. Is that still? Are you still doing that? Um, I've kind of slowed down recently, but we're about to pick it up again. I have a friend who's a developer, and he was like, "Dude, I want free food." But uh, all right, you work on my website, I'll get you involved. So we're gonna start ramping it up again, and probably rebrand the website so we can go beyond just Provo and explore the world of food. Utah restaurant reviews? Um, maybe even bigger. Oh, man. Wow. I like it. You're going to have to do some traveling. Hey, so uh, along the same lines as far as making money or any type of currency, whether it's food or, or otherwise, uh, uh, you have any other thoughts as far as making money online? Yeah. So one of my really good friends, she uh, got on Pinterest. She hated it uh, initially and just started, um, but one of her friends made her an account, so she just started pinning stuff that she liked. Um, Over, just over a couple of months, 
what happened, but she received over like 10,000 new followers just one night. And she just kind of went viral on the Pinterest community. So now she um, gets paid by big brands to post pictures of their content. They'll even send her out to, you know, she's been to San Francisco just to go shopping for free. Um, and all just because she posted stuff to Pinterest. So now she gets paid, you know, a couple hundred bucks just to post something on her Pinterest account. What's her name? Uh, Shayla. Uh, she got married, so I gotta look up her last name now. No, oh, now she's gonna be disappointed when you tell her you talked about her, and she's gonna come listen. I know. What the heck? Let me pull it up. <laughs> Are you at work right now? I am. Yeah, you're like one of those normal people who have to work. I know it's the worst, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Shayla Moeller. And that's how M-O-L-L-E-R. the people could find her on Pinterest if they want to see her. Say what? If people wanted to find her on Pinterest, they could just type that name in. Yeah, let me just double check for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to pimp this out to her after after it airs. I know. I'll have to send this episode to her. Yeah, when 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 will this episode go live? I don't know. Uh, I think it's in three weeks. Yeah, so if you just type in Shayla Moeller to Pinterest, you'll see her, and she has 2.6 million followers now wow and she's here in provo yeah that's cool dang yeah all right john well thanks man yeah thanks dude hey no problem yeah have fun at work well you guys uh keep up the good recording i'm a big fan nice (laughs) send us some swag buddy (laughs) will do see ya see ya john hammond everybody they could really want some swag (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did I mention that in this episode? Not yet. I didn't, right? All right, I'm going to take the time to do that right now. So, <laughs> hey, man, whatever. If you want to send Jacob swag. No, just send us some swag. If you've got a company, you got swag, send us some swag, and we'll pimp, we'll pimp you guys out on the show, and uh, we'll take some pictures and share it on Instagram. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how much swag we get. I just uh, got some swag from Franklin, Tennessee, the people that like run like the tourism department there. That's weird. They signed up for Market Campus, and I sent them a friendly email. So then I just got like a box. I got T-shirts, stickers. I got a harmonica. Wow. So nice. I've just been rocking the harmonica the last couple of days. I bet. My so just so you guys know, me. Brandon wears an extra large. Yes. And Paxton and I are just, we're, we're, we're large. So Large and in charge. Okay, so back to the show. Weird <laughs> and oddball ways of making money online. I have uh, a couple here. So one that I found that I thought was hilarious was there are websites, and this is a thing. There are websites where you can sell your hair. Have you guys seen this? What? So I found a couple of them. One of them is thehairtrader.com. There's buyandsellhair.com, and there are, there are a ton of those. And I went and I checked these things out, and they have their own, like, hot buzzwords. Like, if you, if you the most valuable hair is hair that is obviously long. But then if it's, it's, if it's never been dyed, if it's never been treated, if it's never been straightened, they call it virgin hair. And if you have virgin hair that's long and like specific gold. colors, you can, you can sell it for thousands of dollars. So there are... What is, what's the use? Like, what's so the I, idea? what I read is that most people use the hair for like wigs, but then I think there's some freaky people who like, like it, you know, for other reasons. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, the most expensive one I saw was virgin hair from a full-blooded 
uh, Native American for like thirty four hundred dollars. I didn't I didn't dig that deep, so there might be even more popular uh, <laughs> hair, you know, stuff out there. But wow. you can sell your hair online, whether you're a guy or a girl. There are folks who will take it. Weird. That is definitely falls in the oddball category. That's right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I try not to disappoint. (laughs) Uh, So I have one thing. This one. Also, two things. I'm on. I'm on this website right now. I just uh, came across it. It's called FastBlackCatMoney.com, and it's (laughs) literally like a giant list of just like weird ways. That sounds legit. Many of them involve porn, but uh, like repinning porn images to like Pinterest style sites and making money off the leads and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, some odd ones. I'll keep going through this list. And if I, if I find some <laughs> funny ones, I'll, I'll, I'll bring them up. But on a more serious note, one thing that I really would like to do, I just don't have the time is build relationships. And this could, this isn't, I guess this is a little bit more than just oddball ways because uh, it does re- require some work, but it could be like a full-time income, is just building relationships with tons of bloggers, editors, and whatnot, and then walking into an agency with a menu saying, here's all of the websites that I have relationships with. For 500 bucks, I can get you on here with whatever link you want. Uh, obviously, Black Hat, but a lot of agencies would Yeah, pay. there's a lot of Huffing- Huffington Post contributors out there that's for that are willing to sell themselves. Yeah, no, you can so, get a branded link on Huffington but it's Post. A, it's a business. People uh, pay if you can get on some legit websites. So that actually reminds me of one of the oddest ways I've seen online to make money. And that's um, creating this kind of boot camp that teaches digital marketers how to do uh, digital <laughs> marketing. Scam. So speaking Total of scam. that, yeah. I did want to say like it's often touted that one way to make money online is by blogging. And uh, I know that there are lots and lots and lots of failed attempts at this. And uh, Brandon, you're someone who owns a new site. And uh, I just want to know, what are some of the challenges that you had when building that? And is it profitable? Is are it... you talking about Provo Buzz? Yeah. PB? Yeah. So it's not even the news that makes them the money now, right? <clears throat> I don't really know. the job make... board? Well, yeah, the job boards are down right now because we're redesigning it. Um, I didn't but... know you were doing anything on that still. Yeah, so it's live. It's I've kind of pivoted to more of a medium type platform. So it's kind of like a, an inbound. Anyone right? can contribute. Anyone can contribute, and it's like very like it operates almost identical to how Medium operates. The way you write articles and stuff like that. But so, it has like an up and down voting system. No, that's it? it used to be. That was more of like oh. the Reddit style. This is like a brand new design. It's probably the best looking design it's had. Um, so I just have AdSense up. I probably make uh, let's see thirty here. cents a month. Huh. Uh, right now I make between fifteen and thirty a month. Dollars? How, how much Fif- traffic do you get? Uh, it's down right now. I'd probably say around five to seven hundred a day. Well, like, and most yeah. of them are. It's not like five five hundred people are typing in probuzz.com. It's mostly just finding old articles through Google search. Google search is by far. Didn't you say that at one biggest. point it got a ton of organic traffic for sex offenders? Oh yeah, because of the we broker. Uh, no, well, no, it I wasn't had a, a groper. He had, I, I a, he had that, an iframe in there. I think I, I was doing some keyword research, and I saw that about 6,000 people a month type in Provo sex offenders, uh, looking for, like, the official, oh, like, right. sex offender registry. You were and ranking so, for that? So all well, I did, he iframed it into his Yeah, site. I just built a page, and I, I, you know, had a good title. I had a paragraph with the keywords, and then I would just go to the registry, and then iframe it right into 
uh, the page. So people just go to my page, then use the service, but they're just inside an iframe. Um, you took that know. down though, didn't you? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I still have that. I don't, I never like actively took it down, but I think with like the new site, it just kind of orphaned it itself. It orphaned itself. So basically you're getting anywhere between 15 to 25,000 people looking at your site every month and you're only making 15 to $20 <clears throat> a month yep. from AdSense. Yeah. AdSense is getting tougher and I mean, more and more people are using AdBlock. It's still a small percentage of people, but yeah, I'm not doing anything active to yeah. So, but you all. make money from the job board. Yeah, job boards were nice when I had them going. I'm just redesigning. How much were you it. making from that? Uh, when I was like actively pushing it, I would get probably ten signups a week, so a uh, hundred bucks. A week. It was ten. It was, it was ten, 10 bucks, bucks right? a post for ninety day listing. So four hundred bucks a month. And all I would do is I would just uh, I would go to other local websites. I won't say the name. But I would uh, use scraping tools and then just go to their job boards. Who many of them had emails on there? I would just have, I would just hit a button overnight. It would scrape all of the emails. I'd have a list. Are you I, not saying their name because you don't want to get sued? I don't want to get in trouble. So then I Guess would so. Uh, <laughs> then I would uh, I would import it into a Mailchimp, blast it out, and then some people would just go ahead and post a job. Yeah, that was uh, I guess that's an easy way. I mean, so I guess uh, more of the story if. I think local, like hyper local is what it's called, is is a growing thing in making money because everybody wants to be like the national publication right. for stuff. But a lot of people like local content, like they want a site where it's and usually the way lo, hyper local websites make money is through real estate listings, job listings and stuff like that. It's very difficult to make money off just AdSense unless you're literally getting millions of, you know, someone like BuzzFeed or, or Mashable bringing all that traffic you've got to get creative and sell different things you ever think about adding a gun exchange uh portion <laughs> it seems to your like site? it might be better to actually go out instead of using adsense like go approach local businesses and sell go like go back to the whole banner ad and sell space on your site Have yeah you, did you try that at all no i just don't i mean that's what newspapers do is that's, right. i mean that you make a, a ton more money off like a sales guy walking in saying you know for 500 bucks a month we'll have this that's what KSL basically does is they just sell all theirs by hand. Yeah. I've just never had the time or desire to. Well, now, now so he has another site that. that makes more money. So X amount of time spent on Market Campus will, will equal more revenue than the same amount of time on Provo Buzz at this point, right? Yeah, um, definitely. So what I'm trying to get at, though, is by bringing this up, like it's often said that create a blog, get a bunch of people following, and then just put AdSense on your site and let the money just fall in. And that's really not true for most people. Yeah, I mean, um, you'll make money, but if that's five, ten right. bucks a month, it like, seems like you're the, not going to quit your job. The best you thing to do big. is like don't use the automation. Uh, it's in, in in terms of ads, like it'd be better to yeah, like they, you create a job board, basically like find some need within your community, address it, make sure you get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, once you uh, amass your audience, then you'll be able to do that kind of stuff at a pretty good rate for a side, a little side hustle. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, we kind of get into influencer marketing, which is a huge topic in, I guess, 2015, 2016. I'm sure it'll continue to be, but you have people who build like a real audience, a Casey Neistat type person. And I'm sure he makes way more off brand deals than he does off YouTube views. I don't know, man. So you guys are kind of going outside of our topic. Like we're talking about now, now we've gotten into normal ways to make money online. Sure, like sure. Like AdSense. Well, 
Can I bring us back? Because I got a few more. Uh, I've got a few more oddball ways of making money here. Unless you guys are really stuck on this AdSense thing. <laughs> so there is a website called eJury.com. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. eJury.com. So there are uh, there are sometimes lawyers and law firms that want to kind of see like how their jury. yeah kind of how their case will do with an actual jury. So you can volunteer to be on this virtual jury and get paid five to ten bucks per you know case where they get your opinion on a specific case and then you get paid to basically give your opinion on on which way you would go. Do you just sit and case. listen to like the whole thing? I I don't know. I didn't look that much into it. For five to ten bucks, I I doubt it. I I can't imagine people just sitting around for a couple hours mm-hmm. thinking that five to ten bucks is is okay. Uh, but that's ejury.com. Another one. This one used to be really big uh, a few years ago. I haven't, I really haven't heard of it in a really long time. Do you guys even know if Cha Cha is still around? I just like, was talking about Cha Cha with my wife the other day, and I I searched it, and it's still it's still going, it's still, still going? operating. Really? So Cha Cha, for those By of text? you who don't know, is it uh, I looked at my still? phone, so it was limited. Let me Google it right it, now. It, I mean, it's kind of silly to use Cha Cha because it's basically you text this service a question. And then there's an actual person on the other end right. who research who researches the answer and texts you back the answer. But now that we have like smartphones, it's almost easier and faster to just look up the answers yourself. However, as far as making money, you can sign up and get vetted. There's like a uh, I think it's kind of an exam or like a test, a quiz that they they put you through in order to become a cha cha answerer. But that's one way you can make money is per answer you provide to a question, they pay you a certain amount of money, which I don't know how much money that is. Man, looking back on these like old platforms always is just a little depressing to see how they've basically like devolved and poured themselves out to some degree. Like (laughs) they're just like, it's just like a pile of garbage now when it once, once like such a cool like It was, it was really cool. This is literally feeling looking at my space now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, MySpace. Sorry, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and then you got sites like Reddit who are stronger than ever, and they've it's still just old as crap. But yeah, what's that one where the the homepage is literally? Does Reddit have a homepage? Yeah, yeah. But it just looks like any of their other subreddits, right? Uh-huh, yeah, pretty much. There's one site that's like huge, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's it literally looks like one of those really old website directories uh drudge report drudge report that's it yeah yeah i i don't think they've changed since day one what that thing looks like if they if they changed i think people would flip out oh just cow. because everyone's just it's so like a, used to yeah how it looks drudge report yeah <laughs> uh i have another oddball way go uh well so one thing i did in high school i don't know if this works as well now i was obsessed with buying and reselling crap on ebay uh, i had particularly good success with ipods so I'd buy an iPod for like 55 bucks and I would resell it for like 70. So each transaction I was making like $10 uh, and it was just really easy. That you, definitely you, doesn't seem worth it. You can, It's not worth it. But as a high school kid, it was fun. And it's like, oh man, I just made 10 bucks today. Um, and then uh, drop shipping was another thing I tried, which is still, it's, it's a little more work. Have you, are you guys familiar with drop shipping? Yep. Basically you sell a product, but you don't actually own the product. So you don't J- have to house Jacob it. Jacob manufactures uh, wooden chairs. I set up a website. I rank for terms. 
around wooden chairs. I have like an actual shopping cart and everything. People order, they pay through me. And then all I do is I email Jacob and usually it's just automated. It goes right to Jacob. Uh, Jacob gets, you know, his cut. And then uh, he actually is the one that ships it out. So you can run like a million dollar business without ever actually owning a yeah, product. Dollar Shave Club. That's no. all they do. Well, I think they actually have a warehouse. <laughs> well, they do have a warehouse, but they buy their razors in bulk and you can go to the person they buy their razors from. So you can get the exact same razors for the price they pay instead of going through Dollar Shave Club. I will say, but I am don't, a, get, don't that's they get it drop because, shipping though? But don't they get it because they buy in bulk? Oh, well, that's why they get the deal. No, no, because you can get the same deal buying from the same distributor. But usually, you have to buy like in drop shipping. You would agree only to give me sell your seventy dollars chairs for fifty dollars to me. Oh, I see. You what know you're saying, yeah. that you're going to yeah. Get. My, what I'm saying technically is not drop shipping, but it's kind of the same idea where if uh, uh, if you went directly to the distributor you can bypass the drop shipper or the middleman and get the same price uh, although in some cases with drop shipping with drop shipping you have to pay in bulk whereas with like dollar shave club you can literally go to the same distributor dollar shave club uses for the razors and get it for cheaper uh, i will say i'm still i'm still a member of dollar shave club because you also pay for the branding and you know other things which I like I like their company and I like their I like what they're doing so I'm I'm happy to you know pay an extra twenty cents per razor or whatever to to support them. So uh, going back to what you were talking about buying and selling, uh, like crap on eBay, eBay. Usually that's a good strategy when they're when you possess some skill to make whatever item you're buying better, <clears throat> because then it's easy to just apply that skill, turn around and sell it for more. Like buying a used car, fixing it up, and selling it for uh-huh. more. Yeah, yeah. I would do a zero to the. I, I was just. I just knew that people. There are idiots out there who would pay a little bit more just yeah. because they just came across it first. Yeah. So I've been wanting to do uh, that with motorcycles, but um, you'd buy them, fix them up, and then resell them. Yeah. I, basically, I think I could buy them and just do a better clean ad. Them. Like clean them and take better pictures, and that would be enough to charge a little bit more. Um, plus, it would be a good excuse. You'd make it look so good to that own the, some the original seller would buy it back. Yeah. Um, one thing I've wanted to experiment with in that regard is, and this is kind of shady, but I've always wanted to see if it works. When there's an item that you want to buy on Craigslist or eBay, not eBay, but Craigslist specifically, or like those directory sites. Basically, inundate the person who's selling it with lowball offers that are just like crazy, crazy lowball offers from a ton of different email addresses. So they think that's going to be the best offer. And then you pop in with something that's higher than what everyone else has been saying, but still lower than their asking price, and then see if and see if they bite. Oh man, I, I love that. I feel like it would totally work, but that's making super money sleazy. offline though. No, it's not. How's it offline? Well, you as a buyer, you're talking about buying stuff, not selling it. Well, no, you then you turn around and then sell it what they were oh, originally okay. asking for. So it's super <laughs> sleazy. But I've always just wanted to see if it works. Will you do it? Uh, mate, I don't know. I feel I'd have to like get some reassurance that the person I was buying it from was some scumbag <laughs> to feel okay about it. The Robin Hood effect. Uh, okay, so here's here's um I think this is the last one on my on my list. But this one is a little bit more common. I know you guys have heard of Mechanical Turk. 
you can sign up. So actually, let me explain Mechanical Turk. Mechanical Turk is a crowdsourcing platform where you can sign up. Well, let me actually tell you about the consumer side first. So if I wanted to compile a list of email addresses from around the web, something that is super tedious and it would take me, it doesn't even have to be emails. It could be any kind of work that would take me as one person a ton of time to do. I can sign up on a service like Mechanical Turk, which basically outsources that, that those menial tasks to hundreds or thousands of people. And it can get done within a few minutes or a few hours. And you can sign up as one of those workers. Uh, it, it doesn't pay very well, but typically the, the tasks don't take a lot of time and you can make a few cents every you know few seconds or whatever. And if you're good enough or fast enough, you can make some pretty good money on there. I did do some research on this and I found there was a company that uh, I know you guys have, I know Brandon has used personally Mechanical Turk. Have you as well? You've been on their yeah, platform? Several times. So I've been on there as well. And Mechanical Turk, at least the last time I used it, was kind of a little complicated to use. Is it still like that? Like the uploading and the, yeah, it just it was kind of a technical a learning, curve. learning curve for sure. So there was this company, I wrote it down, let's see here, uh, Crowdflower. And I, I think I understand their business model, but they basically do the same thing. You go to Crowdflower and then you submit your requests and then they turn around and basically use Mechanical Turk for you. <laughs> it's, it's adding a second middleman. So yeah, kind of basically, but it eliminates the learning curve because uh-huh. I think they have employees that simplify and, and already know how to use Mechanical Turk. So uh-huh. you literally just like type in your ask and like any documents that you need, and then they organize it and submit it for What's you. What's it called? Crowdflower, something. Mm-hmm. That that was my understanding. I could be totally wrong, but I did read that they do use Mechanical Turk in their process. Uh, there was another one called LiveWork that uh, is kind of a similar Mechanical Turk knockoff. But as far as making money online, you can sign up as a Mechanical Turk worker, and they have tiers. You can be a, a new a new guy. You could be a pro, depending on how much you work, how long you work, and how good of work you you produce. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you guys actually know where the term Mechanical Turk comes from? I have no idea. So apparently at uh, a World Fair, I'm not sure which one, there was a robot that was a Turk, like a Turkish whatever robot. and Like nationality? Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, like he would play chess with people. I don't know if it was chess or checkers. It might have been checkers. But he would like beat people, this robot, uh, at checkers. And it was just like fascinating to everybody. Uh, and it was like drew a lot of attention. Uh, it turned out that it was just a facade. And someone, someone was actually behind the robot playing the game. So... Idea, like there was a camera or someone was in a robot suit? Well, it was way before cameras. Like someone was, yeah, pulling, like manipulating the robot so that it would do. Like a puppet? A, uh-huh. And so the idea of a mechanical Turk is that it gives the appearance of automated, but really there's a person behind it doing the work. So Cha-Cha is a mechanical Turk because it appears like it's just a computer answering your question, but it's really a person. Anyway. That hmm. is interesting. A little factoid. Yeah. Today I learned. That's right. Okay, so sounds like we're ready to. I've got some other oddball. Wrappy uppy. Some quick or ones. Whatever. Wrap uppy. You got 15 seconds. All right. And these ones are. So, one super easy way to make money is build fat followings, usually fake followings on Twitter, Instagram, and then resell posts on sites like Fiverr. People mm-hmm. will buy it. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that that's sleazy too, right? It's sleazy. Hey, we got, you asked for oddball ways. So, yeah. 
most of them are going to be black cat. But yeah, that's one way to make money there. Uh, same with the, uh, I mean. Let me just say that none of the things that I said that are on my list were black cat. Well, good for you. Legitimate ways, yet odd, to make money online. A little bit more legitimate. One thing I'm in the, in the process of uh, is selling Instagram ad space. So as Jacob mentioned earlier, I have a Instagram account called Vegas Hut. I've currently got around almost 17,000 followers, I think. And all I do, actually, I spend uh, about 30 seconds a week. Sometimes I'll do some more. I, I try to get at least a photo a week up. I just repost it from another account. And I use Instagress for all of my automation. And I get real interaction. Like my comments, like when I ask, I'll, I'll do like trivia and stuff like that. And I'll get uh, comments of people saying stuff. My goal is to get 100,000 followers and then approach uh, casinos and stuff down in Vegas, either for like free rooms in exchange for having like a whole week where I'm doing posts about their hotel or if I'm even big enough free rooms and I get paid on top of it. Uh, I'll probably start approaching the casinos around uh, like 50,000 followers. I feel like that's a decent Just number. Fill it out. Fill it out. See There's how something respond. you guys need to know about Brandon he loves Las Vegas. It's crazy how much you love it. I love the warm, love the warm weather. Love the palm trees. The palm trees. <laughs> yeah, I have another way to all inject those palm really trees quick. are imported from California. So this isn't something you could actually do, but this is something somebody has done. And you guys, you guys know about this a while ago. Somebody created the million dollar homepage, where they had one oh, million, yeah, one million that. pixels, and you could buy a pixel for one dollar, as many as you wanted. And uh, so the idea was that he would sell all the pixel space and make a million dollars. And he did. You can go to milliondollarhomepage.com and see. And just judging by a lot of the ads, you can tell how old uh, this actually is. But kind of a genius uh, way. And he, yeah, he made a million bucks. Are they links? Yep, they're all links. Yeah. So he doesn't have to rank, right? Because he got so popular. Yeah, I think the idea and the novelty of it was enough to convince these people to buy it plus it's mass so you can just buy a few pixels and it's just a few bucks so why not and if you get enough people if you just get the attention out there you just need to convince a million people to send one dollar which is pretty easy and you've made a million bucks and it's pretty cool because you can look at these companies and think how much did they spend on this ad yeah yeah and two other oddball things these ones are super quick he said 15 seconds like three hey minutes well ago. I'm just cramming them in here. Unless we're doing last word, I'll save it for my last word. No, we're not doing last word. All right. Well, uh, have anyone ever heard of Flippa.com? It's uh, pretty nope. big. It's Flippa? It's basically what Paxson described with motorcycles, but with websites. So people, you can buy websites at low costs, build them up, and then reflip them back for a price. Or maybe you've built a website. Like uh, one guy selling LiveMeme.com, which if you go to LiveMeme.com, it's the most ghetto-looking website. Currently, the bid is at $31,000, uh, and all you do is you just type in, like, text, and then it creates a quick meme for you. Mm. But uh, a lot of people, seonerd.com, someone just bought the domain five years ago, and they're selling it, and people can bid on it. So that's a easy way. Like, maybe you have a website, and it's just consuming too much of your time, but you've got, like, an audience. You're making some money. Uh, you basically put it up here, and you buy and sell You should throw something up on your cleaning Utah cleaning thing. Yeah. The only there. thing uh, I think to sell, you ha you have to pay like, it's like $99. Oh, it might be cheaper now. 
there's like there's like a listing fee you pay so it's any joe schmo just can't like post crap on there okay what's but, your last one and then i was debating if it's that great just scraping emails and selling the lists to people <laughs> it's wow. cheap black hat way to make money but my favorite if you're looking to scrape emails whether resell or for yourself my two favorite tools for mac hands down it's called email grabber 2 i think it was like 30 bucks on the app store isn't it i don't know if it's on the app store i think i download it straight from them i've okay. tried some from the app What's store the and they sucked and the other one oh crap i was looking it up and i forgot there's one for pc yeah who cares yeah well so email grabber 2 that's good yeah. for uh scraping some emails all right, everybody. Cool. That's a wrap. That's that a show. A that was fun-filled. Tons of uh, different ways that, that you can make money online. I will say this. If you use any of the ideas that we suggested and you make money, we get royalties. Send us some swags. <laughs> no, send us some money. <laughs> but actually, just give us some reviews and ratings on iTunes. We'll, t- we'll take that. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Later.